Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, the video game music podcast. This is episode 5-10, episode 50. I'm your host, Rob Nichols, and with me... (laughs) You don't do that! I do that now! (laughs) Way to switch it up. I'm Pernell, still. Still. (laughs) And you're over there. Um, Episode 50. Episode 50. Episode... Episode 50. (laughs) (laughs) All that caffeine you had earlier today is really good to you. I'm going to crash in about five minutes. Well, no, no, in 60 <laughs> minutes, because we got a show to do. We're six, okay, yeah. Um, so on the show, every week we uh, uh, pick a topic, and we pick some uh, classic modern video game music, and we get down. We listen to it, we comment on it, and we appreciate it. And sometimes we actually get pretty darn funky. But I have to say, I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen this episode, because... We have a pretty interesting topic choice that will be more for contemplation and listening than it will be for grooving. And what topic is that? Um, the, the topic this week, um, we're going to call it um, emotional emotional music or music that um, evokes emotional resonance. And we have a guest today who picked the topic for us and, uh, you know, just to help us out. Um, Daniel, thank you for joining us. Um, we're, we're big fans of your music, and um, I'm really glad that you can make it on. Well, thank you for having me. Right. So, um, what what can you explain? Um, what made you think of this topic? Was there was there a certain track, or was there a certain um, memory, or or something in mind when you decided to choose this? Uh, well, in general, whenever I uh, when I listen to music or when I write music, it um, it, it always makes me think of the power that music has on the human body. And just the, the most obvious one is emotionally. It uh, can affect you in many different ways. And uh, tying that in with all the games I used to play when I was younger, um, that was the main reason why those games became some of my favorites and have stuck with me through the years. Right. Um, so, so yeah. So I guess we should tell our um, our audience. Um, uh, Ethernaut is a. Would you say that you're a chip chip tune artist specifically, or just a, a musician or a producer? How how would you describe your music? Uh, well, if I'm describing Ethernaut, I would say that I am a chip tune musician. Um, but I also write other styles of music and genres of music, but with different monikers. Uh, so yeah, with with not chiptune musician is what I would say. Great, yeah. Well, I, I really really like the sound. I feel like it has it does have a lot of emotional resonance. I want to say um, we didn't pick it for the show. We'll be playing some of your music um, towards the end of the show, and actually we played one of your tracks um, on the the chiptune spectacular episode. I think one or two episodes back. Um, but the one that we didn't pick was called Poolside Dreams, and I listened to that, and it just like it just takes me away somewhere, man. Admittedly. That one is, uh, yeah. When I, when I wrote that one, I for some reason was picturing some sort of like, uh, it, what's that one movie, like Lost in Translation type okay. yeah, setting. Yeah. No, I, I can setting. totally see that. Like kind of, um, kind of, kind of in a in another country or or in a, in, a, in a foreign place that's kind of alien to you. You feel a little out of place, but there's kind of a peacefulness in being out of place. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, some like college sweetheart, like slow motion movie montage kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I really like that. Actually, that poses an interesting question for me, too, because uh, 
Honestly, I've never written a track that didn't involve food and just hackneyed lyrics, so I can't comment on the you know construction of music. But typically when I listen to music, I have a penchant for kind of creating a landscape or a scenario based on what I'm listening to. And you just described that when you wrote your music, you had something in mind. Does that image come to you as you're writing the music, or do you kind of start out knowing what you want it to sound like or resonate with and go from there? Uh, it, it changes from song to song, really. Sometimes it happens out that way, and sometimes I have nothing but a blank canvas in my head. Um, and just, you know, maybe a melody or a drum beat, uh, whatever comes first, and then it kind of just expands from there. Cool. Um, yeah. Well, well, so it really just depends. Well, we will grill you more once we get into your tracks because I'm sure okay. we're going to have a lot of questions about like your inspiration and everything. But um, let's get into the music. Um, it's an even number episode, so I get to kick us off today. I'm pick- I've started with a, um, a track from an indie game I've, I didn't hear of before until about a week ago. I think you're really going to appreciate it. It has kind of a same uh, sensibility of some of, your, some of your music. So the game is called Tower of Heaven. Have you heard of this one, Pernell? No. Oh. Sounds like he did. I do? I am familiar with it, yes. Yes, okay, great. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it came out on PC back in 2008. Um, You can play it through a browser right now. Um, And the track I chose is called Pillars of Creation, and the artist name, the only only artist name I could find was Flashy Goodness. Which (laughs) sounds like a winner to me. So we're going to play that track. So um, we'll, we'll come back. or that is um, Pillars of Creation from the game Tower of Heaven for the PC by the artist Flashy Goodness um, and I chose this track because it's got it just sounds it sounds adventurous but it also sounds like really like like contemplative um, and I'm really a big sucker for anything that has like a lot of rising chords with like just like the same arpeggiation or same bass line that's like continuing but then like the notes like rise and rise and rise and rise. It's just, and then everything gets like more and more. I don't know. It just to me, this this is like this this makes me feel nostalgic in a way. I 
kind of this weird corny um, perception of it because as you were describing it, and I was thinking about like how would how does this kind of track make you feel? And it's hard to describe, but essentially, if you have ever pictured a movie trailer or like an intro to a show, and the music starts to play, there's always that part. Well, if it's the kind of show, mind you, where it gets to a rather uplifting component, and one or more characters are just kind of looking out and upward, yeah, as to what the, what the basic just like dreaming of what's to come or what they're about to embark on. Yeah, looking to the future. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's what this music gives me the impression of. I think about it being overlaid with mm-hmm. that, and it's, it's very nice. I'm definitely a fan of this. So, um, uh, Ethernaut, have have you had experience with this music or, or with this game? Um, a bit of both. Um, usually when I come across a, a pixelated game, the music is by an artist that I um, would very much listen to uh, separate from the game. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so, like, another one would be uh, uh, the soundtrack for Fez, done by Disasterpiece. Yeah, that absolutely. was a fantastic game and a fantastic soundtrack. Yeah, very much. I, that's one of my favorites. That, that one in... Um I think we talked about it on IM before, but uh, Hyperlight Drifter also by Disaster Piece. I can just listen to that yes. just all day long. Um, but yeah, I, I just I ran into the soundtrack and then I started playing the game, which is it's kind of like I didn't get very far in it. I just kind of stopped. But <laughs> you're like a little. It, it's it's all done in a Game Boy style. Um, it looks like it's all the green and grays, and you're a little man with a giant onion head. I don't know if that's on purpose. I'm I'm already interested in onion head. His head looks like an onion, and um, it's just like it's like a puzzle platformer, and you're trying to reach up higher through this tower. And every stage it gives you new uh, laws, and you can't like you can't touch on the clear blocks, and the clear blocks start flashing, so you can't touch on those. Another one you can't touch on the sides of blocks or the sides of walls. Okay, so you're not like creating the platformer. No, you're actually engaging in it, but there's things you're not allowed to do as you progress. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so it's funny is that what was funny to me was that the music like transcends like kind of like this simple like puzzle platformer so it makes me think that the game probably gets much deep later on now <laughs> most important part though you're telling me that this guy's head resembles an onion it's huge it's enormous <laughs> <laughs> coming from overcooked which includes the onion king which is like the best part of that you know, game for like, some reason yeah, i want to play more onion head games so. like on the wii or whatever like there's like the mitomos where like they run around like they're gonna fall over oh like, he does so that too no he just looks like that oh i mean it's done like in a really old school style so you can just imagine that the tumble could occur at any minute <laughs> yeah. whether it happens or not whether it happens or not. yeah yeah all right so um yeah that's my track it's it's uh, older style um I think I think it was the from all in it from the artist that he composes with um, Fruity Loops and with Famitracker. So that's where he's getting a lot of that sound from, mm-hmm. and then all the other sounds in the composition sound through uh, Fruity Loops. All right. So what did you bring to the table? All right. Take your dancing shoes off because you won't be grooving to this. Um, whereas, like, yeah, we went different directions. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, but the exception of my bonus track. I would say that the tracks that I selected were based around games where the actual event that the music played in Mm. fused with the music itself and together created what invokes the emotion to me. Yeah, you you tend to have more experience with the gameplay itself (laughs) than I would, or I just wouldn't remember. And I will tell you right now, both of the games I have today are games I recommend to anybody and their grandma. So uh, just be prepared (laughs) for that. 
Um, but right. my no, first... I have some questions about what your grandmother's playing. She needed to be playing games. Because <laughs> the, the, the tracks you picked. But go ahead, go ahead. All right, so the first track I picked is from an old survival horror classic that could always use more love. And that game is Silent Hill 2. Um, the track itself... Yes! Yeah, he, he loves it! He knows what's up. Um, and the track itself is called Promise Reprise. And it is by the great and always talented Akira Yamaoka. Folks, you are listening to, or rather you just listened to, <laughs> the song Promise Reprise from this game Silent Hill 2, written and composed by Akira Yamaoka. Uh, this track, I would say, eludes a sense of sadness and also innocence, and I would say that also ties into where it plays within the game. I want to tell you, um, this, give, th- this song to me sounds like, um, like guilt. Like you're going to tell someone a secret. Like it sounds like you're holding a secret back, and that kind of leads into the game where, like, uh, I can't remember his name anymore. The character, the lead character, oh, James. Yeah, James, James. Is, is racked. Thank you. <laughs> is racked with a. Uh, I'm so bad at this. It's all good. So I decided to make a podcast about it. Um, <laughs> or he's uh, he's racked with guilt throughout the game. Um, so this, that, I think that that kind of evokes that same emotion. But here's where it gets interesting, though. You like the tide that you have the right. Well, I think you have the right idea for like the guilt part, but the character association has to move just a tad. There is a plot. There's not. It's like an NPC in the game named Angela. And as far as I'm concerned, statute limitations is up on this game. It's been out forever. So there you go. Um, but yeah, I'm not gonna give everything away. But as we all know, the game <laughs> Silent Hill. Involves a town with mystical properties that has a penchant for bringing people in to essentially punish them for things that have occurred within their lives, and it kind of feeds off of that. And this particular character, I think, is one of the few people in the series that I personally 
feel is completely and utterly a tragic character. Like James, as we know, had his he had his negative, he had his demons and whatnot, but I never really found him as tragic. He's more like, okay, something bad happened in my life. I did something to resolve it, but I feel guilty about it. This character had an awful, her name is Angela Orozco, and her entire life was just abysmal. Like, she was physically and emotionally abused by her mother, her father, and her brother. And she had no real people to turn to for help or support. And it just dragged her down a dark, dark path. And eventually her mother left the family and just left her with her father and her brother who continued to abuse her until one day she said no more. And she murdered both of them and she ran and she ran to Silent Hill looking for her mother. And she spent the and she spends the entire game trying to find her mother, but she's also so emotionally damaged that there's pretty much no redeeming her. And she constantly contemplates suicide and is just sad. And the thing that stands out to me the most about the character and where this track always comes into me, I think I've even mentioned this to you before years ago, is at the very end of the game, once the main character understands what he did and why he's in Silent Hill, he bumps into this character again. And they have a conversation pertaining to that kind of brings out more of her situation, like where she's upset with him and she's still looking for her mom and she gets back to the point of contemplating suicide. And she asked the main character for a knife weapon that he originally took from her way back at the beginning of the game because she wants to use it. Mm. And he goes, no, I'm not going to give it to you. And she basically says, I figured as much. You can't take care of me. You don't care about me. You're just like every other person in my life. And she walks off. And the main character is feeling guilty about that because he basically just pushed her to kill herself at this point. Hmm. And he notices that the entire room that they're in is on fire. It's ablaze. And he goes, holy cow, it's hot. Oh, I'm not, I didn't say holy cow because come on, there's no drama in that. But he basically <laughs> says, wow, it's hot as hell in here. And she goes, oh, you noticed. This is how it always is for me. Oh, that's right. I've forgotten about that scene. That was so powerful. It really her hits world, you. It, her reality is different from everyone else's. Mm-hmm. That's and so cool. And it just hits you. So I hear this music. Heck, I'm not kind of shaking right now. But <laughs> I hear this music, and I remember the character that it's based on, and it really does hit me like a sack of hammers. Mm. It's, it's a very well-written character, and it makes you very sad for the fact that <laughs> they were written that well. Yeah, that's amazing. Um so do you think that we're, um, we're on the mark with the, with the topic that you had in mind? Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is, um, it's going down paths that I had completely forgotten about. <laughs> so I think, yeah, I think this discussion is a very good one. It's going very well so far, I think. Okay, good. Good. I'm, I'm, glad, yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Absolutely. All right, so this next one um, is Surprise, a game I've never played. It's for the Super Famicom. And for the record, we're going to remedy some of these. I'm s- I started to. You saw me playing games when you came in the house. That is true. For this first, show has I, changed them for the better. <laughs> I was playing games that were horrible. Yeah, that's true. But this is in preparation for another show for we're another show real we're soon. Yeah, um, with bad games, with good music. Um, so anyway, so um, my next track is from the game Live Alive for the Super Famicom. Um, this is composed by Yoko Shimomura, and the track I chose is called um, Prelude to the Demon King. And again, this is Live Alive for the Super Famicom.
Okay, and we're back. That was the uh, prelude to the Demon King from the game Live Alive for the Super Famicom by Yoko Shimomura. Um, I love I love this song. Like, it just first of all, this soundtrack is large for a Super Famicom game. Well, I guess not large for like an RPG, but it's got a lot of amazing tracks. It's just one of these soundtracks I keep going back to to look for music because it's just so many so many good tracks and this one like as soon as like that second part comes in where the percussion kind of cuts out and like these violins sweep in i i forget that i'm listening to um uh you know nintendo music (laughs) for a second there like it just it sounds amazing and it just it just gives me like goosebumps every time it comes through like the the sweeping like um uh, violin sections and even that like that church chime that Mm -hmm. you mentioned earlier yeah that thing comes in and it's just amazing right here I just I I love it. I just I keep waiting for this to come around every single time. Well, bits of this I can definitely tell is Shima Moore's style. Which, for the record, I can't remember what her first game is, mind you, but I got this feeling that maybe she was one of the people that brought this level of grand, you know, grand composer composing to Super Nintendo products. Because I'm sure everyone in this room is t- uh, and, and online has dabbled in the Kingdom Hearts series, which she is another grand composer, or she has a lot, she has a lot with. And oh yes, she. Yeah. And, um, this sounds a lot like something you'd hear in Kingdom Hearts too, doesn't it? Like it does. Yeah, like this is this is her style. Yeah. I'm thinking about like maybe three or four different games right now, <laughs> just from listening to that one track. Yeah, you can hear a lot of like all of her different influences coming in. What's funny is every mm-hmm. time I hear Yoko Shimomura, I immediately think Street Fighter Two. <laughs> but, but um, <laughs> yeah, but this is definitely Kingdom Hearts. Like, is it because her music kicks butt? Is it, no, well, she composed Street Fighter Two. I know, but I like my <laughs> joke better. <laughs> and yes, she kicks butt. Just, oh, yes. So many, so many good, good, uh, good um, games under her belt. Now, like I did try to get use out of this game. I never got, we used to run an RPG of the month club a long time ago. And, uh, this was one of the games that came up and I started it, but it didn't quite stick it out. I can't remember what the issue was for me. I just think it maybe at the beginning didn't grab me like I wanted to, and I didn't give it the time to stick, but it made me think I want to, I need to go back and give it another look. See, give it a shot. Give it a shot. Cause I'm never going to. <laughs> <laughs> well, of the two games I picked today, you need to play one of them, at least one of them. One yeah. is short and one is not. All right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's, he thinks I'm joking. Silent Hill 2 is not a long game. I played it. I finished it. I loved it. We got to play it again. One, two, three. <laughs> I, I, yeah. yeah. You got to play it in front of me. Exactly. <laughs> I got to see you play it. It's one, of the, it's one of the first games that I played with uh, my wife. As, as man and wife, we played Silent Hill 2. <laughs> Baby, this is how much I love you. How much do you like sobbing? Because I got a game for you. Uh, <laughs> it's like, no. It was a good experience. Um, anyway, so let's go on to uh, your final track, then. All right. Well, another product, different. Uh, well, I guess there's still a little bit of the sadness in there. But it's for a different sort of reason. Actually, it's far less tragic reason, thankfully. So... Hopefully you guys enjoy this track from one of my by far all-time favorite games out there. It is Shin Megami Tensei Digital oh, Devil Saga. That reminds me of a callback from the last episode, but keep going. Oh, this is going to be good. Sure. <laughs> I, I forgot. I wanted to mention something. Go ahead. Um, Digital Devil Saga. And the track is called Spider String, The Second Movement. And it's composed by Shoji Meguro. 
Welcome back. You are listening to the track known as Spider's String, the second movement from the game Shin Megami Tensei Digital Devil Saga. And is written and composed by the artist known as Shoji Meguro. This track, I like it, but at the same time, it's hard to gauge if the listener, outside of knowledge of the game, would have an evocation, uh, would evoke some emotion from it. So I'll ask you guys first. All right, well, I got to say, the beginning of this track, I got like a um, kind of like a like a special victims unit kind of feeling, you know, <laughs> like, a, like more like a, like a, like a detective gumshoe. And then, uh, the guitar comes in and it's like, Oh, now if now it feels like, um, like a late night USA, you know, early nineties TV show, silk stockings. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. Wow. There's a throwback. Um, and while, while, I'm, while I'm remembering it, I want to call out, um, on the last episode, we talked about dark funk. You oh yeah, dark funk from dark this. Dark funk. This is a dark funk. Yeah, yeah. Because um, uh, one of our listeners of uh, Jeff Leopard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, his name was Jeff Leopard from Retro Shred. He uh, he commented that, uh, or he sent me an email, I think, about dark funk, and he said that uh, Thriller, um, because um, oh my, the Vincent Price. Yeah, Vincent Price. Yeah, Vincent Price does a horror rap <laughs> in the middle of the, of the song. So clearly, I need to go back and pay that another listen. So I'm like, oh, that's right. I completely forgotten about that. But yeah, so. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei the soundtracks are always like kind of got that dark usually with a chunky guitar and a heavy rock beat or like a really echoey beat with like a lot of like really uh, minor dissonant pianos yes like that when I hear when I think of Megaton I think of that kind of stuff so how about you Dom did you like what did you what would you say you got from this track what did I get from this track um I, I felt like it was a moment before a uh, a pinnacle boss fight. That's that's kind of like it has gravity to it. Um, to me, it says something big is coming. Mm. Um, and then you know when all the guitars and stuff kick in, it's like oh oh it's here. <laughs> <laughs> he nailed it. What happens at this point? Um, how to put this note without going to the whole game? Okay, basically, game takes place in a place called the junkyard, and there's a bunch of different people who are down there fighting for control of it. And they're pretty much, you know, kind of emotionless, just drones. And then one day, something happens, and they all develop monstrous tendencies. They call it the Atma, and they meet this girl at the same time. And through this Atma power and the meeting of this girl, they all simultaneously acquire emotions that they never had before. So they all start to have to learn how these emotions work while at the same time they're thrust into this game by quote-unquote God who tells them at this point we're going to step up the stakes of this world you're in and the, per- the, the, the team or gang that conquers all the other gangs as in kills them and remains the sole group can ascend to basically truth or understanding. Mm. So throughout the game these gangs are fighting and brawling and towards the end of the game, the girl starts to realize something really, really important. And the main character and his team have grown attached to her. They've developed a bond with her. And as she realizes this situation, she tries to push away from everybody. She says, no, I got to do this myself. I got to handle it myself. And she pushes everyone off and she runs into the this ascending tower that exists at the center of the world to eventually 
do what she wants to do, which is basically where the god of the world is supposed to reside too. So the music you just heard is when all when your team of characters enter the tower to find her and stop her from doing whatever it is she thinks she needs to do. And as you progress to the tower, different you know, there's like three different progressions of the song. The first oh, progression yeah, yeah. is at the beginning of the tower for the first few floors. Oh, interesting. And then oh, the, like those are different like loops. Yeah. That eventually come together. Oh, that was like in the um in the Persona Persona Three, where like at the different parts of the tower were like the same track, but like they added more. They added more to yeah. it. Yeah. And then is the first part. Then there's the second part, and at like the very last floor or two, that huge. Because, you know, the part that he was talking about where the big battle is about to take place, that's when that kicks in mm. and the sky opens up and you're like, crap, things are about to go down. Yeah, I don't know yeah, what's yeah. about to happen. It does sound like a storm. And yeah. the other part of the emotion that comes in here is that, again, the entire purpose of you climbing the tower is to help your new, well, you've been playing with Hannibal with her for 30 plus hours, but your new friend, you want to help her and you want to stop her from doing this thing. And as you progress the tower, at certain points you see a ghostly image of her Walking along, very like very sadly, because what she's doing, she's doing it out of you know despair. Mm -hmm. She doesn't want to, but she knows she has to. And you spend this time fighting monsters and ascending, and you just want to get to this point to help her. It's not even almost. It's like it's still a game, but it's an emotional game. And you want to you want to save your friend for whatever fate awaits her. And then when you get to this part. To put it in perspective, a whole new game comes after this. Like, it opens up a lot. Oh, wow. It's an amazing game. Digital Devil Saga 1 and 2. And if you like RPGs, it should be on your list. It's that good. Now, that's PlayStation 2. Were they ever re-released anywhere? Actually, yes. Uh, digitally, you can get them on the PS4, I believe. Maybe PS3. Definitely PS3, but I believe PS4 also. Oh, cool. So cool. they are around, and they're cheap. So, um, Dan, do you have any experience with a Shin Megami Tensei series? I don't, but now I would like to play them. <laughs> I have a PS4, so I'm going to look for it. Yeah, definitely nice. check it out. And if you have um, an emulator, um, the first, I think, two games were for the Super Nintendo. Mm -hmm. um, and they're very, okay. very strange. Very, very strange. So I like strange. Yeah, like nightmarish strange. And so, they got fan translations, yeah, so it's did. not even like yoinking them because they were never released here in the first place. So it's, yeah. they're solid pickups. Got it, got it. Cool. Well, this Excellent. is the part of the show where we do the bonus round. B -b bonus round. The, I like that one. That was a good one. Thank you. The bonus round is the part of the show where we play covers and remixes based on today's theme. We have a special guest. I thought that we could um, have Ethernaut here play some of his, two of his favorite tracks, and then we'll play um, two... Um, covers based on the theme of today. So, because I really want to showcase um, your music and then maybe hear about maybe your inspiration or what 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 went into that track or maybe some of your performances. I've seen some of your live performances on YouTube and I'm really impressed. Oh, thank you, thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, they're very they're, they're just fun to watch. Um, but yeah, why, why don't we get in your first one? Um, you sent me two, so you can just pick whichever one you want to go first with. Uh, let's go with um, let's go with theme park.
totally i can hear that playing over a best of experience like a montage of my trip to hershey park from 1995 <laughs> yearly through 2006 that is really really good yeah what i um what i uh when i bought the uh, the album this is from the album that you have um super ultra mega right uh super mega ultra super mega ultra yeah when i first heard this track off that album i was like this is the pernell song like he loves that <laughs> like a kind of swing kind of not always happy positive but like yeah like kind of rock rocky rock not rocky but like a rock forward swing when you're listening to a track that not only makes you sway but makes you grin while you do it (laughs) and there is a difference there are tracks that don't make you actually smile this track made me smile that that is a very special thing that music can do for a person and this track has the it (laughs) So um, about the track, I really um, the second this 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 like third or fourth time listening through it now, I really liked how um, you, you introduced more instruments throughout the uh, throughout the song. I feel like it started more um, like kind of chippy, and then you kind of brought in more drums, and there's a more like a bass. I think like a, like an upright bass. So can you tell us about the track? Uh, so this this track is called Theme Park, and it um, is something that I kind of wanted to invoke with it, mm-hmm. um, like. 
almost every single time that I've been to a theme park growing up, it's always been a fantastic time. Like, I've always been super happy to go. Um, and uh, I also really like ragtimey sort of like old gypsy jazz kind of music and so i thought hey why not kind of do the same thing (laughs) but with (laughs) chiptune um and uh yeah i i I really wanted to start the the piece with a a basic kind of chip sound yeah um and then kind of just build it and build it and build it until it has kind of a grand finale um like maybe you went on a couple roller coasters and you were waiting in line for like the one, for like <laughs> the big one that is like new or that you are now tall enough to ride. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like that. I think that totally comes Or in my case, through, yeah. when I was four years old, I was tall enough to ride. Yeah. Yeah. Tall. He's sitting down now, but um, for now it's about nine feet tall. <laughs> well, no, he's not. That's impressive. No. <laughs> but his, his shoe size, definitely. I'm really tall. <laughs> <laughs> so you were enjoying the theme parks well before. Um, oh yeah, uh, I was. I was getting in it, and uh, it's kind of funny. Like you said, like you mentioned roller coasters, and during the listening of the song, remember I said like I could see this running over a montage of things that I did at the amusement park. There was actually one event that happened that really did run through my head while this track was playing um, years ago. I'm talking like maybe 15 or 16. Even maybe 14. I was at Hershey Park with my brother. Got on a roller coaster, which I used to be afraid of. But now I'm like, I could do anything. Roller coasters are nothing. And I'm riding all ballsy and hacky, excited. And my glasses go flying off my face. Oh, it's like, whoosh. I think I remember that. And you're telling, I, you're telling me about that. Yeah. I'm freaking out. I get off the roller coaster. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> I can't find my glasses. My brother's like, don't worry. But we'll find them. Like, they flew off my face on a roller coaster. How am I going to find these things? So I'm walking around the park. He's walking with me. I'm just upset as it gets. And he's still trying to have a good time because he's not his glasses whatever. And um, <laughs> What a nice brother. <laughs> he, was like, well, he, did, he was helping me look for him, too. But, you know, he didn't want to bring him. He want to come down to my level of misery or whatever and then what ends up happening is out of nowhere i guess someone overhears us talking about and he goes oh those were your glasses and i was like what are you talking about he's like they found those they found those go over to the i can't remember what he said where to go but we went over to go to the place where he sent us to and sure enough the lady behind the booth had my glasses and i said how in the how did you find them she said funny thing they hit someone in the face while they were on the (laughs) duck boat ride And they turned them in. Oh, man. So can you just picture okay. riding in a duck boat? It's like, wham! Are those, are those the same glasses you normally wear? Not well. Those gla- It's like it was one pair before those glasses. Okay, actually. okay. But wow. they are now broken anyway. They're long gone. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I put my glasses through nightmares and then some, but... That wasn't to me. That was like a miraculous scenario, and the fact that, that lady didn't take the glasses and like smash them over her knee or whatever. Well, who would do that, man? A really? person who got hit in the face <laughs> by them. Come on, just just picture that. You're listening to listen to his music. Listen to Ethan Nas music. If I was walking around happy go lucky and then having a great time with that song running through my head and then glasses hit me in the face, I wouldn't be angry about the glasses. I'd be worried about who lost them. See, I like the way you think, because my thought would have been, they'd be like, whose glasses are these? What the heck with this? And just throw them in the water. You're but a, thankfully... You're a jerk. I'm not a jerk. <laughs> I wouldn't have done that. Right, but hey, this, I'm just thankful that that person 
did not throw my glasses away because I did not lose my allowance when I got home. <laughs> I, I mean, it could have been worse. It could have been a seagull that just, you know, hit you in the face <laughs> while you were on the roller coaster. Oh, jeez, that still's painful. Oh, man. Wham! All right, so why don't you, um, why don't you uh, introduce your next track? Um, this next one is called Saturday Morning, and it is off an EP uh, called Sugar Knot Chunder Crisp. And the reason why it's called that is because uh, it's a split EP with another chiptune artist called The Chunderfins. And uh, the theme of the EP is breakfast cereal. Um, so, yeah, yeah uh, with this, this. <laughs> particular track, I wanted to invoke the nostalgia of waking up early on a Saturday morning so you could get your cereal and watch your favorite cartoons. And so uh, so that's uh, that's that's the basic idea of this track. All right. I'm so, ready to go. Yeah, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's, <laughs> we got to play this before Pernell's like, you know, going to tackle me and hit the play button here. So let's hit the, hit the play button now. Uh, okay, I got it. Hey, get up. You know what day it is? Uh, it's Saturday.
Yeah, that was awesome. I love that. Oh, that was good. Yeah. Uh, can, can you see Pernell dancing while while that song was playing? <laughs> oh, that was, a bit, yeah. <laughs> that was really good. And oh, thank you. In my head, I'd already it kind of played a thing. Well, first two things. One thing is that I'm that weird guy who likes to make jokes and say, well, joke but kind of serious. How you always hear people have these like you know as we're adults, always like, well, you know, the problem with American society as it's gotten to now is X, Y, Z, and blah blah blah. It's always something political or. You know, just always a lot of nonsensical things or awful, frustrating things. But to me, the true downfall was the day they stopped broadcasting Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> because that's, I know, right? Yes, it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. Is that the reason you don't wake up early anymore? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> the reason. That is exactly the reason. Because growing up, I did not want to get out of bed for school. I was all about sleeping in, but on Saturdays, Oh, that changed. Oh, I had to get up. And do you remember on Fridays, they would have the, um, at the beginning of the Saturday morning cartoon season on TGIF, they would have that Saturday morning preview special. That's how big a deal it was. They had people come out to get you hyped for Saturday right? morning cartoons. I remember previews. I remember previews. Yes. It was so <laughs> awesome. And even though we, we live in an age now where media is consumable and you want to watch a show, it's accessible in like 10 different places at any time. You know, it's, it's not even hard to get any time of entertainment yeah, you want. Yeah. But there has never, in my opinion, been a period of hype and excitement for a TV show like we got from Saturday morning cartoons, both anticipating and them and watching them. Even even the commercials that they played in between the, com- or in between the cartoons on Saturday morning were iconic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We remember all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's all like, I remember for commercials for, for Rembrandt toothpaste. Come on. <laughs> it, was something, it was awesome. <laughs> and like, it's also kind of funny in some way because uh, you would like as a kid. I also used to record TV shows. You know, set the timer, let yeah. it run. Yeah. And uh-huh. remember when we were kids, we would watch them again. You're like, okay, I've seen this before. You fast forward through it, but now as an adult. I crave those ads. Like, I want to see the old commercials, the Micro Machines man going rambling off about the car, the gas station, the service center. Yeah, you know, it's different. It's different now. It's 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 just yes, it's different. It's just different. Way put it. Earlier not, this week, we were running around singing the theme song to uh, to what is it? The the Skip It commercials. Remember that? <laughs> I don't want yeah. to jump too hop hop. But the very best thing of all, there's a counter, there's a on, counter the, on the ball. <laughs> try to beat your very best score. See if you can jump a whole lot more. Oh, my God. Skip it. Skip it. it. Oh, and then they would say the maker of the toy, and you go to your mom, and you're like kicking her like, Mom, I want to skip it. Like, I'm going to make you skip it, all right? You better stop kicking me. I know. I, that was one of those <laughs> things where I could see, I saw the commercial, and I'm like, I know I am not coordinated enough to play with that toy. <laughs> oh, I still tried, though. Oh, I no, tried. No way. Even then, I knew. <laughs> oh, I love I loved Saturday morning cartoons. And then listen to the song itself. I could totally see, like, you know, you start off, and it was like, what this Saturday? I pictured the kid running downstairs, getting the box out, yeah. pouring it in the bonus he's about to take a bite someone takes it and pulls it away and he gives chase and the entire song is him running through various saturday morning cartoons with characters trying to retrieve his stolen bowl of cereal yeah it is freaking awesome love it this was oh my god this this uh captain crunch is a pirate yes after your no 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 it wouldn't be him it'd be the soggies oh the soggies Soggies. captain crunch was awesome <laughs> all right, all right. I'll leave. I'll, I'll leave Captain Crunch alone. You leave him alone. And the and the Crunch Bears. <laughs> and the Crunch Bears. 
But now I yeah, have yeah, to yeah, ask. I've, I've evoked an emotional response. Yes, thank <laughs> yes, you. you. Oh, and how, man. I'm not going to be able to stop him. for the I am on a high and like, then some right now. <laughs> but now I got to ask. Favorite cereals. What was your favorite cereal as a kid? Oh, man. Um, frosted mini wheats. As a kid? Yeah. The frosted kind. Okay. Well, okay. It has sugar on it. <laughs> how about you? Oh, man. So it, it changed uh, a few times, but one of them was Fruity Pebbles. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fruity Pebbles were awesome. See, one I, of them was Fruity yeah. I went out for ice cream when I was, you know, a few months ago and it was still warm. And uh, I got Fruity Pebbles on top of it. Just, and it, was, it just took me back to like being like five or six years old, but, mm. but I was old enough to enjoy it with a beer. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think mine... It's weird because growing up, my dad used to take us to. We used to get the cheapo cereals, you know, the big bags you get from like the like like the Save a Lot or whatever. So I would envy the kids at school who had like Lucky Charms and Captain Crunch. We had Croco Crunch and Marshmallow Stars. Oh, that's good stuff too. Oh man, man. yes. <laughs> but I will say though, there was something about Croco Crunch that was actually better than Captain Crunch. Like I can't say that for the other cereals like that, but Croco Crunch was way better than the Captain cereal. To the point where I actually felt like I could brag to kids about that. I was like, you got that knockoff fake me stuff. I got the real cereal. They only hide it in the dollar out of the grocery store. <laughs> you know, I don't know what it is, but like the, the, the crunch berries that they added to Captain Crunch, those just like I did not like those at all. <laughs> really? Well, they didn't taste like fruit. Like, that, that is I, true. <laughs> like, that is true. If you were coming like from Fruity Pebbles balls. and going to Crunch Berries... Yeah, there's no contest there. Yeah. Like, nope. th- like that flavor was designed for those little flakes, not like an enormous like flavor bomb of styrofoam. <laughs> and then they had the audacity to come up with oops all berries later, like oh, oh, yeah, yeah. mercy. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then I also remember on uh, some of those the colder days when I didn't want to have cereal because the milk was cold, I would have oatmeal. And I always had the oatmeal with the dinosaur eggs in them. Oh, that was nice. I love that stuff. I've never heard. Yep. Of I have never heard of that. You really? No, no. Oh, they were awesome. Oh. And they had the commercials for them. And the kids were the archaeologists. <laughs> they were looking for the dinosaur eggs. Yeah. And of course, they'd be friends. You're missing out, man. Yeah, you did. But it's not too late. I think you might still be able to find some. I don't think they're really well. They're not out there like common. Yeah. But I think they do still sell them in certain grocery stores. You need to go on a mission. I don't. I don't know if my older body will be able to handle dinosaur eggs and my oatmeal. <laughs> oh, just once. Your body can handle the rush. Uh, you just got to try it once, I've, I've try learned. It. <laughs> I've learned. Okay, so um, now we're going to get into uh, the covers that we picked for the show. And I went back to um, like an old favorite of mine. And I was going to pick this for my, uh, my original track. This is Radical Dreamers from Chrono Cross. And I swear, every time I hear this song... I'm like nearly in tears. Like it just drives me to tears. Um, it's just so beautiful and it's so sad. Um, so I found a, um, and I, I, it took me forever to find the, the group again. Um, it is called the Eminence Symphony Orchestra. And I, I found this ages ago and I had to go out and find it again. Um, and it's just, it's beautiful, it's sad, um, and it's, it's just got a very, it's, it's a much larger sound. I'm gonna let the music speak for itself. Um, so enjoy.
And that was Radical Dreamers from the game Chrono Cross by the Eminence Symphony Orchestra. I love that track. I, I love that song, and I love the way that arrangement takes it into kind of different places. Like it's the same, you hear the same theme, but then it's like kind of, it gives a different emotion to that same theme. What do you think? I don't even know what to describe there. It's like, it was good. Yet I also, like I was trying to find like a place to grab and ride, but instead it just kept sweeping me along. (laughs) So I was like, it's hard. I think you probably. I mean, like you've seen episode. I think eighth or not. You've probably listened to some of the episodes. You might have heard us. Like there's always that moment where like Rob will pick a track like this where it pulls me in, but I just kind of sit through it. Like it, it just kind of takes you inward yeah. as you listen to. Yeah, it. it's very mm-hmm. um, con- contemplative. Uh, so you 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 kind of lit up when I said Radical Dreamers. <laughs> so um, is this <laughs> one of your favorites? So uh, the. Chrono Cross as a game and I have a rather long history and the soundtrack and I have a another very long history and it would take up like <laughs> at least two more pod full podcasts to to go through all of that but this was a very excellent pick and this is one of my all-time favorite songs nice. um and even the um the the vocal version with just the uh the um Sopranos and yes, yeah. guitar is an amazing version of it too, and that would always make me tear up. Um, yeah, this this game to me was. I, this is going to sound harsh, but I think back when Square Enix still cared about their games. <laughs> no, it's not harsh. It's <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, I think he's all right with that. It's 100 percent true. <laughs> yeah, um, because you know that because they actually they they had better themes back then. You know, they they had better themes in their in their songs. Um, they had more care put into their orchestral versions of it. Mm-hmm. Now it's just like I don't know. There's there's nothing that really sets apart any of the the current Final Fantasies to me. Right. Yeah, there's no like um like a central theme that's that's really distinctive like like how mm-hmm. how there was this this this, this theme to me. Um, like this this game means a lot to me, and then. This song in particular, because I had I had the soundtrack. I was given the soundtrack by a friend before I'd even seen or heard the game, and I listened to this over and over and over and over again. Um, and for the longest time, I actually had it set up with my turntables, and I would like play the song, and I would like like, like scratch beats and stuff to the soundtrack. And I just I loved it so much, and I finally got a chance to play it, and it's just this song is just so powerful. It's just I've heard it so many times. It's just every time. It just like makes like the hairs like stand up like on the back of my neck. I I I'm still sold on when he how Ethan not described his take on Square because I can, <laughs> I can totally see it. Like I can picture some of the older Final Fantasy games and like Secret of Mana. I can picture a group of people sitting around a table. I'm sure this isn't exactly how it happened, mind you, but no, no, a group no. of guys sitting around a table, smiles in their faces, and like. What kind of cool, imaginative story can we tell today? Get the pen and paper. We got to write this stuff down. And they're all talking about it and getting excited. They pass their ideas back and forth. Whereas, like, Final Fantasy 13 and 15, for example, it's just more like it's the equivalent of walking to, like, a, like a, one of those, like, new age salons. The one with the sharp clothing comes out. It's like, darling, darling, you need spiky hair. You need these zipper pants. You yeah. know what we need? Men on a road trip for no reason so, whatsoever uh, in a time travel sword. I don't know. Because are you, are you cool. saying that they're, um, that they're substituting clothing for personality? 
Well, style for style for <laughs> substance, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. Style for substance, and I feel like they're very lacking in substance. Yeah, and it's further proven by the fact that this is a personal a, a personal statement, mind you. So haters don't hate, but uh, they're you know Final Fantasy Fifteen is up on is coming up soon, and I have really no interest in that at all at this yeah. point. Meanwhile, for some reason. World of Final Fantasy clicked for me, even though it's hard to say, per se, how much love went into it. It sure as heck felt like it had more love in the game than Square has done and forever. <laughs> to the point where I was like, this is a game that I typically wouldn't even care about. Look at me! Mm. <laughs> I'm sitting here with it. Like, so, huh. it's... Uh, I'll have to take a look at that one. I haven't played anything since 12, and I don't even know why I finished 12. Yeah, it's... So. A, it's a, I, I'm the hater. I'm the guy that's hated. I like 12, but... For the combat, mind you. I'm Captain Bosch. Well, <laughs> That's the only good part of that game. Well, I'm Bosch. I'm Don't listen to Andor's lies. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right, let's, uh, let's, let's finish up with your track, because I'm actually really interested in hearing this one. Okay, unlike my previous tracks, I chose this one not so much about what the game or what the music in the game did to me so much as what the memory of the game does for me. Um, and as more so to say, well, I'll let the track play first, okay. then I'll say it. The track is from an old classic, Mario Party 1. And the track itself is a remix of the stage Rainbow Castle, and it's done by a guy under the name of Arnie Undercover.
You just took a trip to the wondrous Rainbow Castle, written and composed by a man under the name of Arnie Undercover. This track spoke to me. It is spectacular. Yeah, I, I really liked. Um, well, the guitar was was great. I love like that kind of like reverby, kind of dreamy guitar. But that synth is so eighties. Yes. I was all over that. <laughs> it's so like, good. Like when I picked this track. I was basically I was looking for I was looking for the game in particular, but this track came out of nowhere for me. And the reason why I looked to Mario Party is because it kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier regarding like access to TV at uh, any which way, yeah, access to it online. Games have kind of become I think they've become more disposable over the years because of how mass produced they've become and how they're more designed with the intent of you, you know. Playing it, mm-hmm. playing it for a little bit, get rid of it, get a new game. But to couple that with the fact that I feel like my days of couch multiplayer are kind of behind me because, you know, all people I used to get down with, they don't, they're not around for it so much anymore. But Mario Party was a very special time for me there in that it was a game that you had to play together in a room. It took a typically in-person mechanic, i.e. board games, yeah. and digitized them. Yeah. And it worked. Your friends would always typically hate you by the end of a game of Mario Party. Hate you. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Specifically <laughs> me. Uh, there was a running joke in my friend circle where it was like they would have bonus stars at the end of the game. And it would be like, okay, well, obviously Pernell's going to win because they're going to have the, the over six foot five star and the <laughs> like spicy food star and just stars that only I would have access to because... That was I would win all the bonus stars. So, so for, for that that music, you think about like the friendships that you had, and, and like maybe the um, the good times that a game like that would bring to you. Exactly, uh, and then friendships that I subsequently ruined by being good at the game. But uh, <laughs> nah, but like yeah, I'm, I'm still it. here. I'm still here. Uh, <laughs> I'm here for you, man. But like, yeah, it's just it really does invoke that sort of memory to me because I look back on games like that and times like that very fondly. Um, I'll be 70 years old in a retirement home, and I was like, remember that time we played Mario Party Mushroom Mix-Up? Man, that was a winger. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it'll, it, it always sticks with me, and that music really invoked that in a very, very nostalgic yeah. way. Uh, so what, what did you think of the track, Dan? That, that was an amazing track. That was a really good pick. Um, it made me feel at home. Hmm. Like, it just, it just felt... It felt homey to me. It felt warm. Um, it felt inviting. It felt like, you know, when I, when I listen to it, it will make me feel like everything's going to be all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I, I felt like if, uh, if Nintendo was an Irish company and Mario Party was a response <laughs> to Super Mario Galaxy, that would have been a perfect fit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> oh, now I'm just picturing like an Irish Mario. He'd be named Blarnio. Blarnio. Oh my God, Blarnio. that's so good. Yes. Oh my God, that's so good. Awesome, man. You are the pun master on this show. I yeah. try. <laughs> Fixing my little pop fake that motor. fake collar of yours. There you, you go. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here all week, folks. <laughs> all right. So um, for more information on the tracks. On uh, the bonus round part of the show, check out rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to their uh, Bandcamp's bios, SoundClouds, and anywhere where you can find their music. 
<laughs> there we go. All right, so um, thank you for joining us today on Rhythm and Pixels. Our focus on music with emotional gravity. And um, the gravity was most definitely felt. And I, I really want to thank um, our guest, uh, Dan, Daniel uh, Ethernot, for joining us today um, and giving us this, this topic and sharing his music with us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys again for having me on. It was a real, it was a real pleasure, and hearing a lot of these tracks has really brought me back. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad that we could, uh, that we had some great picks for you that that could really um, take you, take you back and take you inwards. That's what kind of tend, tends to be what happens with us. I like to use the show as an excuse to um, explore soundtracks and games that I, I might not have looked at before and, and find new things to enjoy. Um, mm-hmm. So, can you uh, maybe uh, tell our audience um, maybe a, a little bit more about you, or where they can find your music, and maybe where they can hear you next? Okay, um, if you are local in Denver, uh, I will be playing shows around town. Uh, you'll you'll probably hear about it at some point or see it on Facebook. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, or you can go to uh, Bandcamp and find me there, uh, Ethernot.bandcamp.com. All of my release albums are there. Uh, you can get the entire discography for just four bucks, which is a lot of music for four dollars. Um, yeah, and there are some stuff. Uh, there's some stuff on SoundCloud as well that uh, is not yet released, but you can still listen to, such as Shine Get. Okay. Oh, sunshine. Um, do you do? <laughs> have you done, or, or do you do um, remixes of classic tunes at all? I do. Uh, my most popular one seems to be the uh, the DuckTales NES game, the moon level. Yeah. I did a remix of that one. Um, I have a couple others in mind that are coming out in the future. I'm not going to spoil the surprise. Okay, though. yeah. Well, we're always looking for new like remixes and covers to like showcase, so we'll, we'll be plugging you in the future, definitely. Awesome, thank you. Also, um, we've had on the show before um, one of the directors of MAGFest, um, Orvi, maybe we can uh, make that connection. If you, if you ever have you heard of Magfest before? Oh yeah, absolutely. I um I'm friends with people that are well in oh, well in the grouping. Good, <laughs> good. Very good because I feel like that's something that it's a good platform for for artists to, to get involved in. Well, I know one way or the other. They need to get him out there for it because after that, I I mean, aside from like Chips, a Aside from maybe Chipsle, I can't think of a chiptune artist whose tune was played there that got me hopping like his did. So, <laughs> yeah, he, he needs to get a shot on this on their on one of their yeah, stages. Definitely. So, but oh God, that was good. You were an awesome guest. Uh, <laughs> oh, thank you. No problem, <laughs> you man. Much. No problem. It's legit. I loved every track you played. You chose a great topic mm-hmm. and just. General, you are just a good conversationalist. You're good for chatting. So it was just yeah, absolutely. We'd love to have you on again sometime. Maybe sure. like in a couple months or so. That'd be great. How about that? What do you say about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, just you have my contact info. Just hit me up. Okay, great. Awesome. All right. So um, there's a part of the show. Oh my god. You do a thing. And <laughs> I know. It I do a thing. This, is what I, this is what I told you about crashing from all that caffeine I had earlier today. This is finally hit. Yeah. Um, so anyway, if you'd like to um, send us a message or um, let us know anything about let us know anything about the show. If you want to tell us about the show because we are not going to remember it, um, go ahead and send us an email. Rhythm and Pixels at Hotmail.com. And if you'd like more information on the show or a full track list, 
Check out the website, rhythmandpixels.com. You usually say that. Oh, you, my God. You crash. You're, you're burning out. You're burning out. I'll let, say it anyway. Say it anyway. Rhythmandpixels.com. Um, and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, and Patreon. And Stitcher. And Stitcher. You forgot Stitcher. Yes. Anywhere where you can get podcasts is usually where you can find our feed our shows there um stitcher itunes um you gotta forgive this guy folks he chugged like like three glasses of power drink some weird <laughs> container he got from gnc earlier he showed it to me it tasted like grape kool-aid yeah and now it's taking the downward spiral got the purple stuff um should have went with sunny d anyway <laughs> Um, next week, uh, we have a show for you. Um, I don't know what it's going to be yet. We have to decide on that, right? Yeah, we need to come up with a topic. So, yeah, so then a week after that, we'll have our podcast anniversary. It's been a full year of your weekly video game music podcast, Rhythm and Pixels. And <laughs> it's going to be an interesting one because aside, we're likely looking to do something akin to our best of hits, per se. Yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but it's going to be a good time. I th- I want to have some surprises planned for you, Pernell. Uh-oh. So it's going, to be, it's going to be fun for me. Will there be cake? I don't know yet. Will I there don't be know. ice cream? I don't know if I'm going to be back in town. Will there be fruity pebbles? <laughs> I will have to have at least some pretty pebbles. Um, yeah, so Ethernot dropped off. Um, he had some computer issues uh, just now. So, but I want to thank him for being on the show. Um, you can check him out. We'll have all of his links on on our uh, website, and, and we'll have him on the Facebook too. We'll, we'll post some of his YouTube uh, songs there. So, um, anyway, we've been the Rhythm and Pixels Video Game Music Podcast. I'm Rob, and I'm Pernell. Thanks for listening, and have a great week. And remember. I know we are a gaming society and we usually a lot of people tend to play games to get their you know fun fixing and then walk away but remember sometimes like games can do far more than that they can invoke they can evoke emotions they can evoke all sorts of sensations in a person that may not necessarily come forth in other mediums I say when you're done you know multiplayer deathmatching and when you're done you know you know, any number of kind of games you might be playing, throwing that basketball and making that shot, hitting that touchdown. Sit down with a game that tells a story. Just kind of take it all in because sometimes the reward in the game may not be the one you expected when you first booted it up. Mm. And it's worth exploring to find it. <laughs>